Hello, this is Timmy Black, and welcome again to another episode of The Lives of Contemporary Artists. You know, the other day, while preparing the podcast, and you know, I do spend a lot of time preparing these things, I I was trying to clean up my studio. It's like a it's like a train wreck in here. I, I was trying to find a little, bit, a little bit more space for my sound engineer. You see, she's been sitting on these milk cartons and she uses this old table saw to put her very expensive 40 channel input digital mixer. And each week, while she coils the cables around that rusty 10-inch carbide cross-cut blade, I think about what my brother-in-law, the, the, the personal injury attorney, might say about this arrangement. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm here cleaning this joint up. And, 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 and by the way, I ended up, after watching no less than three YouTube tutorials, figuring out how to finally take out that damn blade. Anyway, I haven't used that saw in probably 10 years and 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 and, and, and I, I just ended up covering the table with a, a large piece of cotton duck canvas uh, I, I also haven't painted in in god knows how long anyway while cleaning this 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 decrepit airless crypt whose only recommending feature is its amazingly affordable rent i i ended up finding under under a pile of old Thomas guides from, from cities that I've never even visited, places like, I don't know, Detroit or Quebec City. Anyway, I found under this pile an old photo album from when I was a young art student, and the camera du jour was the Polaroid One Step XS70. Remember those cameras? I'm, I'm, anyway, I'm leafing, I'm leafing through this thing, which for some reason carried the faint but unmistakable odor of, of vomit, and, and 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 I started crying like a like a like a Supreme Court nominee. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm weeping and, and 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 shaking and gasping for air, and it was and it was some time before I was able to regain something even remotely resembling composure, uh, unlike a. Supreme Court nominee. Anyway, I, 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 I suppose that these faded Polaroids, and, and they do fade a lot, even if you don't keep them in the sun, they fade. Anyway, these pictures acted as something of a ribbed, buttery madeleine, triggering in me a rude chorus of memories whose relative clarity strangely echoed the murky, washed-out condition of the photographs themselves. The pictures were a kind of random, ragtag assortment of people and, 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 and places, pictures of me with groups of friends, all of us expressing that peculiar, young, bohemian attitude of hopeful arrogance, casual intimacy, uh, collective exuberance, and, 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 and undisguised inebriation. There were pictures of my parents, pictures of them when they were younger than, than, than I am right now. How come I... I don't feel like that uh, parental, I mean, like responsible. I mean, my parents look, uh, they look so, uh, they look so adult. 
Anyway, there were pictures of old girlfriends. Well, not old girlfriends, but rather former girlfriends. Though they're, they're probably old now. Imagine, they grew old. Without me. They grew old without me. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm looking through all these pictures, through this, this, this flood of tears. I can barely focus, though of course that could be the cataracts. I don't know, well, I'm looking at these pictures, these, these memories, these relics, and I begin to realize, or, or realize again, that the hope, that the optimism that was implicit in our youth, in, in my youth, was tragically, no, 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 comically. <laughs> well, tragic comically misplaced, also misspelled. M-I-S-P-L-A-C-E, misplaced, was misplaced. My optimism, that's right. My optimism was misplaced and misaligned with anything even remotely connected to reality. We actually thought back then that art, that is art with a capital A, that art could be an agent for the correction of the world, that it could exist within an elevated atmosphere of some higher truth that would in turn have an impact on society. <laughs> ha. Hey, I'm looking at these pictures. Here they are. They're in front of me. It's uh, it's a veritable who's who, or is it a who's whom of uh, contemporary art history? I mean, it's an archive of photos of, 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 of the young future cultural luminaries that, that went on to shape today's art world. Let's see. Here's one of me, of course, me, in San Francisco, in front of the Mabuhe Gardens. Remember the Mabuhe Gardens? Anyway, there I am, standing with a beardless Maholi Nepper. <laughs> Maholi Nepper. Wow. Well, here's another one. In Paris, where are we? I don't know. Let me look. Oh, here. Here's another one. Um, I'm with, it's me again, with Dahlia Danton, Curata Malaspina, David Dandrade, and Felice Kippur. Dang. Where are we here? Oh, yes, we're in front of the Gates of Hell, the original plaster. Yes, I remember that day very well. That was the day I got sick from eating steak tartare for the first time. Anyway, oh, no, here. Here is another one with Nepper, and this, this one includes Brato Yar. You know, Yar was the youngest principal choreographer of the Bucharest State Theater. He was quite the eccentric. Oh my God. Oh my God, here's one of David Schaffman with 
with hair no less. <laughs> Boy, he was he was dapper back then. It looks like he's sitting in the sculpture garden of the Museum of Modern Art. Yeah, Schaffman. Talk about the corrupting power of celebrity. <laughs> Schaffman. Uh-oh, here's <laughs> Look at this one. Here is uh, Sophia Lagrimar. My God, what a talent. What a gifted writer. I wonder what happened to Sophia. Oh, God. I'm looking, I'm looking at these things. You haven't really tuned into this podcast to see me go through pictures. Wait a minute. What's this one? Danilo Rabinovitz. Holy Toledo. What do you know? DR, what a guy. Danny the Dreamer. That's what we used to call him. That guy. That guy had his first one-man show at Metro when we were still in graduate school. He's a wonderful painter, really terrific. And he taught for about 30 years at UV. And his students loved him. He was a legend. And, 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 and some very interesting artists came out of that program. They were his former students. Uh, Spark Boone came out of that place. Uh, uh, Alice Mook, I remember. Bibi Chateau. Uh, Claire Hazevel was, was from there. Ezra Carpentier. A lot of people. A lot of, a lot of very good artists. Danny the Dreamer. His students used to write down his, his jokes, his, his homespun, very poetic, odd aphorisms. He was known for, for, for that incredibly quick wit, and he had this talent for coining the most unusual puns. His students loved him. I could always pick out his former students, not by their work, but by the way they talked about their work. Strident, but always with a healthy dose of... Donnie's kind of self-abasing mockery, just like, just like, just like the teacher. It was a kind, it, it, it was a kind of a way of expressing oneself, I think, that suggests a profound self-confidence, an almost regal authority, a tendentiousness, for sure, but always with an underlying sense of humility. And when I think of it now, I think that. It's a particular form of scholarship to deflect from one's own seriousness by inflecting almost everything with a touch of sarcasm. Donnie or Danny, Danny or Donnie, Donnie. Donnie's tongue, Donnie's wit, Donnie's honesty finally got the better of him. He had his... Uh, difficulties how should i put this he had he had he had trouble keeping up with the times 
You might, you might say he had trouble keeping up with all those revisions in the faculty handbook, all those memos, the directives from the administrations, the, 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 the documents from HR that he was supposed to initial on every page every year. He would read all these documents, these words, but he had trouble getting past all the, all the words. One word would, would follow another word, but they never seemed to add up to any real meaning. I mean, for, for, for Rabinovitz, for a classroom to be inclusive meant that you, you took attendance. But I guess he had it coming in the end. I mean, when you think about it. But, you know, when we were in art school, there were no safe spaces. In fact, we chose art school precisely because it seemed like such an unsafe situation. And we hung out in, in, in places, well, we, there were no safe spaces in front of CBGB or, or Tompkins Square Park. Uh, but I guess on the other hand, we never noticed how culturally biased and insensitive the Museum of Modern Art's sculpture garden was, or, or how overtly misogynistic Rodin was, or how colonialist Dvorak was, or how racist Joseph Conrad was in the list probably goes on and on and on and on and, well, anyway. Danilo got fired from UV after a student complained about what, what do they call it again? What, I think they called it the oppressive atmosphere or maybe it was the threatening atmosphere of the classroom. I, I, I can only imagine what they meant. I, I mean, Danny was one of those passionate students of art history, and he had an encyclopedic knowledge of his subject matter. He, he, he was really good at making instant connections, and he had a, had a talent for seeing clear affinities between the classic works of what he called the masters and the nascent potential of his students and not a few lives were profoundly changed by Rabinovitz's infamous lectures. I, I, I call them infamous because they were irreverent, a hundred percent pure Donny, that is to say, pure performance art. And I mean, if, if HBO had an audience for that kind of thing, Danilo would have several Emmys by now. But come to think of it, he, he, he actually was a celebrity of sorts. Only, only his fame was, was contained within that revolving door of, of, of art students. Until, of course, this business with the oppressive atmosphere, or was it the threatening atmosphere, came up. I don't know. His, his lectures, it seems, according to the formal complaint, we're not inclusive enough, and I don't think I don't think that refers to him taking role. Inclusive. The statement claimed that Donny Robinovitz's classes lacked what it called, and again I quote here, open perspectives reflecting the views of different cultural backgrounds and socioeconomic statuses. 
Now, the grievance specifically cited Donnie's insistence on referring to the Italian Baroque painter Giovanni Francesco Barbieri as Guercino. Guercino. Now, I have a lot of listeners in Italy, and I am sure that my Italian listeners already know this, that Guercino is an ableist slur, meaning strabismic, or in lay terms, cross-eyed. Now, the fact that Rabinovitz, in his own defense, pointed to the conventions of academic, albeit Eurocentric, art history, further illustrated his, quote, insensitivity to the potential hurtful implications of casual languaging. Languaging. Apparently that's a word now, languaging. Now, subsequent to these serious allegations, several other students came forward to complain. It seems that they took issue with Rabinovitz's insertion of the Italian Renaissance painter Giovanni Antonio Bazzi into the curriculum. Now, on a field trip to New York, now, this was an annual UV art department excursion that had been led by Donnie for, I don't know, 15 years or so. Students were taken to the museum, the Metropolitan Museum, the Met, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And they were forced, again, according to the deposition, to reflect upon one of Bazzi's famous paintings from the mid-16th century called Christ Presented to the People. Now, these students, in their, in their complaint, they claimed that this and, 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 and this was actually corroborated by at least one Met security guard and a docent, and, 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 and they got a statement from a middle school teacher who was there with her own class of 12-year-olds. They claimed that Rabinovitz referred to the painting as Ecce Homo and referred to the artist not as Giovanni Antonio Bazzi, but as Il Sodoma, Il Sodoma, the sodomizer. Now, even though at the interdepartmental hearing, Donnie came with a notarized photograph of the museum's wall label confirming the accuracy of his characterizations right there on the wall table, it says, Ecce Homo Il Sodoma. It was decided by a vote of 14 to one with two notable abstentions to revoke Donnie Rabinovitz's tenure terminate his contract, and force him into an early retirement with a 50% reduction of his pension. Now, that's when I lost contact with Donnie. You know, we were all trying to hold on to our teaching jobs, and, and I guess we were probably a little afraid of any kind of guilt by association. And now I, I wonder what happened to him. I mean, last I heard, and, and this is third hand, he was living in Rome, of all places, producing home shopping videos for an Italian internet channel or something like that. Anyway, Danio, 
Donnie, Donnie the Dreamer, if you're listening, hey, first of all, I'm, first of all, I, I want to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what happened, and I'm sorry I lost contact, and I'm, st- I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry I didn't advocate for you. I'm, I'm sorry for my lack of courage. But, but better, but better late than ever. So here I am, on my stupid podcast, telling your story and trying in my own small, trivial way to, I don't try to, I don't make it right. So if you're out there, Donnie, if you're out there, hey, you know how to reach me. And if you don't know how to reach me, it's timmy.black at yahoo.com. That's timmy.black at yahoo.com. And, and, and by the way, if any of my listeners have similar stories they want me to share, please send me a note. Again, it's timmy.black at yahoo.com. Well, that's enough sharing and caring for one day. So please join me again next time as we discuss hashtag Metonymy2 and Academic Lives Matter and other hot new activist organizations affecting the lives of contemporary artists.